Coming up on episode 110 of Appetite for Distortion. It's right. Brain makes his return to the program. He's going to tell us all about what he is currently working on, as well as tell us stories about the 2001 House of Blues show, why the Chinese Democracy Tour was canceled, give us the history behind some unreleased Chinese Democracy tracks, and so much more. We're also going to have a special co-host, Connie calls in from Greece. He's a listener of the AFD show who won the chance to interview Brain. Welcome to the podcast. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 110, 110. We were all excited to get to episode 100, and here we are, getting well into the triple digits. We're getting there. So uh, just thanks for for joining me. You know, it's Brando, of course. Uh, whether you found us on the iHeartRadio app, on Spreaker, on Stitcher, on YouTube, on Google Play, SoundCloud, on uh, via AlternativeNation.net, however you found us. Uh, I truly, really appreciate it. And today uh, is pretty cool. I mean, we had him back in episode uh, 42. That would be Brain, uh, of course, from uh, from Primus and obviously from uh, Guns N' Roses during a very cool era, a very, I don't know, not known about era of GNR. He's going to come back on. He's going to tell us what, what's going on in his world now. We'll catch up. I don't know, because after talking with Tommy Stinson for a second time, it kind of just... I don't know, got me in the mood to talk to Brain again and to, to redo it. And so many of you, uh, over time, even when we're, it's it's not a, a topic of conversation of that era of GNR, we'll just randomly compliment that episode, saying it's your favorite episode. And that's really cool that, uh, you know, many of you have had, have said that you've listened to that first Brain interview multiple times. Now, I think that's nuts. Well, I should say, I think it's crazy to listen to me at all. Uh, but then again, I don't know why I'm in this career if I feel that way. But then again, I'm a little bit of an oddball. But uh, it's very cool that all the ways that you can entertain yourself now, whether it's Netflix, you know, anything that's out there. So many uh, podcasts. I mean, I'm one of, you know, a million just to throw out a, a large number out there. I think the most recent podcast I personally listen to, and I only listen to mine to edit them. Is it well to record them? Because I have to be a part of it because I'm the one who does it, and to edit them, and then maybe I'll listen in, into my car in my car on the way home from uh, the studio here in New York City to Long Island. So it's like a nice hour or so drive, and I just listen to myself to kind of feel like you listening. Can I can I stand myself? If you guys can stand me, so that's to be honest. But the most recent one I listened to was uh, Joe Rogan's interview of David Lee Roth, and those are three hours. That's crazy to me, but I wanted to hear David Lee Roth. <laughs> but that takes up a lot of your day, you know? I mean, I think I had the day off, so that's, I spent it with the podcast. So uh, I appreciate all of you who spend any time with me, but especially those of you who've said you've listened to episodes on repeat. Um, to me, that's that's fascinating. You know, of course, I'll, I'll listen to, I'll, I'll watch Simpson episodes on repeat. I, I just watched Lost for the third time straight through. 
but a podcast. So uh, today, just like we did with, with Tommy Stinson and a couple of other guests, I wanted to, because you guys are the reason why I do this show, why I can keep doing it and why I keep getting great guests on. Uh, so I want to reward you and I want to, you know, kind of meet you guys, see, uh, you know, who you are, who, who, who is my audience, what's the best way to do it and just to do some radio together. So somebody who listened to the brain interview three times, Jesus, uh, what's going on from Greece, Connie, what's going on, Connie, Hello. Connie Pat? Hello, Hello from Athens, how are you doing? So cool. I think now from you're in Greece, we've had listeners on from Croatia, the from Scotland, from Ireland, from oh my god, from Portugal. Uh, it, it's just so cool. All the countries, because again, as I've said before, Guns N' Roses, it's one thing for a band, you know, to be universally beloved. Maybe you don't have to understand the language that great. I mean, Guns N' Roses rocks in any language, you know, but to spend time with the podcast where I'm Speaking English, uh, I don't know how well. Yeah, it's this is my career, but <laughs> you know, I got that New York thing. I don't know how well it translates to to Greece, but you know, uh, it, it's cool. So I really appreciate you know you wanting to you know put it out there. Who wants to co-host with Brain? And you you, you mentioned Connie that you listened to the episode three times, and we, we've we've DM'd each other like me and many listeners. So yeah, yeah actually, that was a great episode. And I think it was one of the longest ones as well, right? Was something it, like two and a half hours. It was, and that's that's something I don't try to do. But brain was just so cool, yeah. and and uh, also it was a bit fun because at some point he goes on and says, "I I, I hope I'm not talking too much," <laughs> but he, he was like fascinating the way he described the whole thing, like his auditions and stuff. That was awesome. I know it's it's that's what I remember that yeah it's so funny that so many of just like you Connie so many of you like remind me of what I've done on this show Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God I don't know if it's because I've done so many or I've just I've just smoked too much in my life it's probably a combination of both <laughs> but it's yeah I I just didn't know what to expect because as I was doing the podcast and s- slowly but surely getting bigger guests I didn't know what brain could say or couldn't say and. You know, I've mentioned on the there are some like very I don't want to call them low level, but they're not big names that have uh they can't talk that that uh what non disclosure agreements. But brain will keep talking. So I was always afraid of what I what we can talk about. It's one thing to be a good musician and another to have a personality to talk like that. Like uh he went over amazingly well. Like uh the way he spoke and describing things was pretty awesome. Wait, it, was it awesome or was it? It's rad. It's pretty rad. <laughs> you know that's going to be happening a lot today. Yeah, it's rad. I bet we should do a word count on that, <laughs> on the rads. We'll see if we make him uh, self-conscious about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. Maybe he can uh, break his own record this time. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was a great character and... You know, I just wanted to reach out to him again. Obviously, I'm just glad to for you to be a part of this. Many of you uh, commented wanting to co-host this episode, and I appreciate everybody who commented. Uh, it's just kind of like a gut. Oh, I, I, there's no criteria. But as I, this keeps going, you know, I'd like to think Brain will come on again after today. I don't see, you know, I don't know when, but you know, if he has another good time, which I suspect he will, Tommy says yeah. he's going to come on again. I'll have more opportunities for, for everybody as long as this keeps going. So... Uh, with that, as we await uh, Brain to call up, uh, a part of the, the co-hosting duties 
involves news. So, um, first one I want to mention, and this is going to be a fun, you know, episode in light, but I do want to mention that it's pretty serious. You know, I'm pretty active on social media, and that's how people get things. It's it's good. It's bad. Yes, a lot of things are bad about social media, but there's a lot of good. And I think the GoFundMe thing has a lot of positives to it. It's not the people that, you know, go fund me my my next outfit so I can go find a sugar daddy on a yacht or whatever. It's it's a GoFundMe's for good causes. Like uh, our friend, former guest uh, Gary Sunshine. I I don't know if his GoFundMe has ended, but he was doing a GoFundMe for uh, his new album. New record. Good dude. So it is out there. So if you want to check it out and a lot of good uh, prizes if you if you donate. But this one a little bit more more serious. Uh, Frank Sidoris, uh, if you don't know, of course, one of the guitarists from Slash uh, with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Uh, I hope to interview him at some point. Um, I haven't reached out yet, but I saw him tweet, uh, the past few weeks have been tough, to say the least, as we have been blindsided by my girlfriend Alexandria Finley's recent diagnosis a cervical cancer. Please take a moment to read her story and donate whatever you can. Thank you. So if you want to go to GoFundMe.com, help Alexandria Finley beat cancer. Uh, I mean, she's just too young uh, for that. And she's only asking for medical costs. Uh, thankfully, they're about halfway there. Um, but it's, see, it doesn't matter. You know, rocks. it doesn't matter if you're a rock star or not. You, everybody's affected by cancer. I love that Guns N' Roses sells the, the fuck cancer t-shirts, you know. Uh, there's got to be, there's got to be a, a cure at some point. You know, it's, we, we've lost too many people. So, uh, whatever you can do to help out Al- Alexandria and, and and Frank and that whole community, uh, uh, right there. So, again, just go to uh, GoFundMe. And I wanted to use Shotgun News as a part of that. It's not just again, as I, this podcast uh, kind of evolves and we get cooler guests. I want Shotgun News and these segments to evolve and become other things. So. It's not an everyday daily show where I can give you the news, the GNR news of the day or the rock news of the day or whatever have you. So this will always be timely uh, to, to go check out Go GoFundMe and help. So whenever you, you listen to this podcast, please go there and, and help out when you can. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't want to start out on such a negative note. Uh, but I also will mention this because I haven't thanked uh, Mike Squires in, in quite some bit who does our, our theme song. Really, really do appreciate him. He's going to be coming on as a future guest. He's been pumping out those episodes of Couch Riffs. I don't know if you've checked those out, uh, Connie. You have obviously, you saw that episode, or you listened to that episode, right, with uh, Squires and I? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was, I think he was a guest uh, in person, right? Exactly. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Because he, he lives in Brooklyn, and I love that. Because it's so cool. Yes, it's great to connect with you in Greece. It's going to be, I'm sure, I'm sure Brain's calling in from the West Coast or something like that. But to have him come down. And I asked him, like, so how do you, he's like, oh, can I come on the show again? Of course. I'm not, he is a car blanche, you know. He could always come on. And I said, do you want to come down or, or not? You know, whatever you want to do. Oh, no, I want to come down. So, yeah, uh, ask him if he can come down with Duff. <laughs> I know. I try not to. As I meet more and more people, I try not to be because you know he gets those requests all the time. Yeah, of course. So uh, obviously, I think though what we're gonna do, we're gonna try to do is when he comes in, we'll call Jeff Rouse, and we'll hopefully have an episode that has Squires and Rouse on at the same time. So that would be cool. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I think beyond cool. Uh, so yeah, but as we're waiting for, for, for brain, I'm, I'm, I guess I, let's know a, a little bit of, and if he calls in during, we'll, 
uh, we'll finish up after. Uh, just tell us a little bit about you, because you told us, uh, I mean, because I want to know all about the fans, because I'm a fan, I've shared my stories. Uh, so, you know, you're from Athens. How did you get into GNR and, you know, what makes them, you know, because it's, again, it's just so, so, so cool to hear a perspective of Guns N' Roses fan in a di- different part of the world. So what can you tell us about being a, uh, a Greek Guns N' Roses fan? Yeah. Okay, this is pretty weird. Uh, so, obviously, I come from Athens, which is, you might know as the birthplace of democracy, <laughs> and Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, this kind of music is not really that popular here. Like, uh, most people are uh, either into metal, with many great Greek bands come, uh, playing the death thrash scene, like oh. Routing Christ, you might know of them. Yes, okay. Maybe. Yeah, I've heard of them. You might have heard of them. Sure. Or either into Greek folk music, really. So the Greek fans of Guns N' Roses not, don't come about that often, but we are very fanatical about that. Those are the few of us that are. How old of, uh, old of a guy are you, Connie? Okay, so I was born in 1980. 80, so oh, okay. You're, you're three years old. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and um, around the time that I was nine, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Alice Cooper Trash came out, and uh, that was a monumental thing in Greek. Like, everybody turned into a hard rock fan over here, hmm. suddenly. And uh, I was nine, obviously, and I got into that. But uh, then a couple of years later, uh, the video for You Could Be Mine came out, and that turned my world around. Really? Oh, that's cool. That 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 was the video that changed because I I know for me it was November Rain just changed. I just didn't know rock could be that epic for me. But did it have to do with the song, or were you a big Terminator fan? Because I I will say this, Terminator Two really did change a lot. Guns N' Roses included, I guess. Because I I wanted to be that young John Connor. I wanted to be Edward Furlong and, you know, I'm still wearing the <laughs> flannel and just blasting like you could, like you could be mine, you know, off some, actually uh, I had yeah. seen the first Terminator and I knew that the other one was coming out, but, uh, other than Arnold, it was really them. Like they, they were something out of this world, really for a guy 10, 11 years old to see that <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, it was so cool. So when was um, what was the first time you saw them? Because you know, as since you've listened to, and I appreciate it. Now I can say thank you in person. You've listened to, well, I guess now all 110. You'll listen to the 110th episode before anybody does. Because yeah, with me and it, you're a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> that I talked about. You know, my first show was in uh, 2002 uh, with with Buckethead, and now was the Chinese Democracy Tour and. That was the last show before it all was canceled. I I thought I was like I'm never gonna see Axel ever. Uh, so when was your your first GNR experience? Because I know you've seen you said you were telling me off air that you've seen all of them, all of the, uh, the I should say the AFD five, but not the, together. Or you've seen some unique no, combinations. Yeah. So uh, back in uh, 1993, Guns N' Roses actually played in Athens. One of the few shows that uh, Easy came back for. They played the Olympic Stadium here. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you remember that uh, Gilby broke his hand or something, and then Easy came back for five or six shows, 
And we were thinking about going there, but we were 13 years old with no money, so we didn't get to go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then they basically broke up after that. Right. And uh, it, it needed to take something like uh, 2006 that uh, the next incarnation came back with uh, Axel and uh, Robin Fink and, uh, you know, Bumblefoot. And that was uh, uh, one of the first Frank Ferrer shows. I think it was exactly the time that uh, Brain had left for a month, really, something like that. So Axel, by the way, was awesome that day. He didn't miss the note. I, I, yeah. That was when, when Brain left, who, but he's joining us now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask him about that. Is, okay. Good segue. Where? <laughs> Good segue. I, I never left shit. I never <laughs> left shit, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, Brain. Uh, welcome. It's uh, hey, it's Brandon. How are you, sir? How's it going, man? I'm doing well. I'm here in uh, New York City. We were just recording. We were learning about our, our fan co-host, and I appreciate you, you know, you allowing that to happen. Oh, we're talking to Connie from Greece. Hello. Hi, Brain. Hi, on. man. Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Good. Just, uh, yeah, hanging out. Where are you calling cool. from? Uh, I'm actually calling from the Bay Area because I had a uh, my first USTA tennis match last night. Whoa. <laughs> what? That's uh, that's too that's too specific for you to be joking. So that actually you had you had a, an official tennis match last night? Yeah, yeah, you know, I um it's a long story and maybe we'll talk about it because it's part about what I'm doing now, but um yeah, you know, I Did you play against Lars? <laughs> no, no, was it no, my goal and I'm putting it out there now is actually I, I, I think he's pretty fucking good though, so I don't I think I That's need what he says. You know, I I mean I played a little bit in high school, but um I've been playing now pretty seriously for about two years, taking Lennit lessons and shit. Wow. And uh, my goal is to get up there. I don't know what he's ranked, you know, so I got to, I got to figure that out. Like I got to like look it up or find out. But once I get up to his ranking, yeah, I definitely want to challenge him because I've been practicing. <laughs> so I had my first match with a, a an official USTA team last night. So yeah, wow. so I'm in the Bay right now. And then, um, I got some other shit I got to do here. So, anyways, how yeah. how'd you do? That's this is so cool. Uh, I won. <laughs> yeah. So they were impressed. They were like, "Wow!" Usually people have to, uh, you know, do like um, two or three matches before they get into it. But um, yeah, I, I've been practicing, so you know, I felt pretty good out there. Wow, good for you. Yeah, no, I, I do want to get more into that. But uh, as we as I mean, I don't know if you remember because it's been a while since we've spoken. I just really appreciate you, you coming back on, because um, we spoke back in episode forty-two. I don't know what that means to you, but since I do it, kind of in perspective, almost once a week, I'm out. I'm up to one ten now. Yeah, and I noticed that. Yeah, it's just been great. I mean, you were one of my early, uh, I think, like really big guests, and people still are talking about you all the time. Just like what a great episode that was, and. People who've listened multiple times, including Connie here, who listened three times uh, to, yeah, right. to the interview. <laughs> Didn't I talk for like five hours? Hey, <laughs> you know, man, I mean, you know, I felt like shit. Does anybody want to even listen to me again? But, you know, I appreciate you uh, having me on. And, you know, I mean, it's always it's always good to talk, you know, about 
about stuff. So thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's been uh, thank you. I appreciate it uh, again. Just your time and how personable you were. We were talking off the air, Connie and I. Of I, during that interview, we were like, "Am I talking too much?" And we were like, "No, we 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 love it." I mean, this is what this is the cool thing now, bring with and because I, I know you're not big, you're not anything with social media unless things have changed. Podcasts are huge. No, my my that's my goal though. This year, I'm getting into some shit. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm uh, like. I got a team of people working on this shit. So good. It'll be good. Good, 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 good. Yeah, because we got to get you at least on, on Instagram or something. Although Instagram and Facebook had like a, I don't know, a massive attack yesterday that it was down all day. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Like a blackout or something. <laughs> the whole thing went down. I know. People actually had to go outside and do stuff, you know, live life. <laughs> Yeah, throw some dirt clods around and shit. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about tennis. We're going to talk about, you know, everything that you, everything else that you have going on now. Uh, we got some fan comments and questions for you. Uh, I do I do want to play you a couple things uh, because, for one, why people appreciated and loved your interview so much is I, I think you gave us – well, are you familiar with, like, you know, how Pee Wee Herman, that show, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, I had, like, a word of the day at the end? You know, or and at the end, like everyone, whenever it was said, everybody would scream. I don't know. Did you do you watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, or is this a weird uh, comparison? No, I mean, I did a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I haven't in years, but I kind of remember something like that. You know, I mean, I would just randomly watch it here and there, but I wasn't like an avid fan. Or... All right. Well, there was always like a special word of the day. So listening to your interview, uh, there was like a certain yeah. word you used a lot, and that, that word. Um... What's that? <laughs> Was it? <laughs> was it um? <laughs> no. Was it uh? Nope. 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 Um, here, uh... <laughs> here it is. It's rad. It's rad. You would say rad a lot. It's rad. <laughs> <laughs> and... yeah, I gotta borrow that, dude. I'm always playing samples, like when I play gigs and stuff with Bucket. You know, in between the set, I always, I, I'll always play like, you know, like weirdo you know, Godfather samples or something. I sure. might get that from you. Oh, a good one. 100%. Yeah. Or you yeah. could just walk into a bike and speak. Just say it into a microphone? Is that what you were saying, Connie? Yeah, yeah. You don't need the sample. You could just yeah. say it into a microphone. Yeah, but then I couldn't say it's my sample. I want to be a part of it. Yeah, okay. Don't take that away yeah, from and me. Yeah, I like, I, I like the processing that it went through. Like, it's been sampled a couple times. It's just all weird. <laughs> it kind of has that kind of, like, Howard Stern, you know, it's like, all echoey way in the back type of feel <laughs> and it's not just you I, I guess noticed like the rad thing also and it was in a duff interview he said rad and because i'm i'm weird uh, it, uh, it reminded me of a certain of the first nature turtles movie when they were all like baby turtles saying rad so i i right. i put this together see what those random yeah. sounds that you and bucket play that's what's going on through my head 24-7 all the time. It's, oh, God, I need help. Uh, but, Dude, well, I'm, I'm, it'll probably be the word again for this interview because I say that that's my word. I mean, I, I grew up kind of in, like, the Silicon Valley, you know, during the skate era sure. of, of um, you know, right when, like, Stevie Caballero was coming up and this guy, uh, uh, Blackhawk, you know, he you know, and they had the um, – uh, the I forgot what they called like the Los Altos pool. I think it was like the hardest spot to hit, you know, and that kind of stuff. And everybody said, you know, rad was the word, and that was it. And it's just I don't think I ever let it go, you know. So I, I mean, I love it again. Being a Ninja Turtles guy, 
Uh, they used Radical all the time. And actually, since, what was it? It was a bike movie? I'm looking at it now. It was called Rad. It came out in 1986. I think it was a, maybe it was a BMX movie. But, yeah, I think you're right. But you were, you were more of a skateboarder. Yes, I came from the, the skateboarding. I never got really into BMX. I mean, I did a little bit, but I realized um, I just I cultivated toward the skate culture because, you know, um, they were playing like a lot of old school, like, you know, punk rock and, 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 and early ACDC, you know, and I just, for some reason... I just cultivated toward that scene where the BMXers, they, you know, they didn't really have that. They never had like a ghetto box on the, you know, on the side cranking music and stuff. And I, you know, that I wasn't even into drums yet. I was skateboard that, you know, I wasn't even a drummer when I heard, you know, early, early sex pistols, you know, like early ACDC, all that kind of stuff. You know, I was like, man, this shit's rad. And then I, you know, <laughs> tried to start playing the bass and doing all that stuff for, I think bass was my first instrument. I don't know if I talked about this before, so if I'm repeating myself, you can just delete it. Uh, but, no, um, I don't remember. Know, like, Maybe Connie does. I don't remember. <laughs> so it's new to me. Uh, yeah. No, no, really. Talk about this. Yeah, because it was like, you know, I wanted to play first. First I dabbled, you know, with, you know, string instruments, you know, guitar, bass. And then I was like, ah, shit, this isn't really working. So, um, my friend Merv, who actually I'm doing a project with him now is, um, said, you know, he was at school. Uh, he was like two years younger than me and my sister was in his class and he was like, Oh man, you know, he's got a band and he's playing some ACDC and Led Zeppelin and all that shit. And I was like, Oh shit, that's the stuff I've been hearing, you know, at the skate park and stuff. Shit. I'm going to try to learn some of that shit. And the easiest thing to pick up was the drums, and it kind of just came naturally. You know, I was just kind of like, oh, shit, ACDC, a straight beat. This is cool. I can just, like, rock out going, da, 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 and they play riffs over it. So that's sort of how I kind of got into the whole, you know, like, um, music was through skating hmm. and hanging out at the pools, and people would be playing all this music that I was just like, oh, shit, this is this is this is rad. This is rad. <laughs> it's rad. Get another sample. It's rad. You know what? I, I just came, you know what I was just thinking of. I'm wondering if that kind of how you like the beat, the pacing, translates to tennis. Because in a way, tennis is waiting for a beat. You know, or am I overthinking it? No, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, you know, I, you know, what my teachers are t- teaching me is, is yeah, is you know, the way that the ball, the way the ball, I mean, to hear the sound of the ball bounce. Right. And where you hit it determines if you're going to hit it early, late, you're going to, you know, pick it up or, you know, like, um, and, and, you know, get it on, um, you know, like get it before it comes up or whatever that stuff. You listen to where the ball hits and then when the racket hits, so you get into a rhythm. It is all about rhythm. I think that's why I do right. like tennis, because when we were golfing on tour and shit, it wasn't the same, you know, it was like, there was, you know, I mean, I guess you can get into the rhythm with a swing, but it's not the same as tennis. You literally, I mean, that's the name of the game is to kind of get that rhythm going. And that's why they say right. when like the pros, like will take a break or, or like, Oh shit, I got to go to the bathroom or I got, you know, they try to, if they're losing, they try to break, 
the other person's rhythm by, you know, complaining about something or taking a little more time during serves, that kind of shit, because your rhythm gets off. So, I, yeah, you're right, actually. I mean, I think that's why I'm kind of cultivating towards it. And, you know, and plus it's great exercise and stuff. Oh, for sure. I just want to see yeah. you take over men's tennis, you know. It's been lacking since uh, Pete Sampras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just on the, uh, the the Open there having at Indian Wells. He was in the, uh, like, Djokovic was playing in there. He went up and shook his hand because he was in the stands watching because that was his idol. Oh, that's cool. You know, like. 10 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago. But right anyway, on. yeah. Right on. Um, something that it's funny, and I, I, Connie, I want you to ask about, because one thing would I know we didn't spend a lot of time on uh, last episode was Tom Waits. Uh, so that, one of the reasons why I wanted you know uh, yeah. Connie to come on and talk about that. But before that, um, mm-hmm. again, what made me reach out to you was having Tommy on again. And right. we, I, I spoke to Tommy about... You know, somebody told me to ask him as, you know, listeners, you know, submit questions, ask him to give the other side of Brain's story about when Brain uh, tried out for Guns N' Roses. And and I said to Tommy how you were so candid about kind of being underprepared. So Tommy, Tommy thought that was kind of funny. And I just wanted you to hear his uh, response to that, if you don't mind. You know, he, he he was very uh, he was very candid about <laughs> about being ill prepared. Yeah, we were about to go, and we were about to go on tour at some point soon after. And I had to, I kind of got rid of the rest of the band for probably I might have been like a good week or two, where him and I just hunkered down and learn the learn the songs the way they had to be done and worked together. I had to kind of you know, get him into shape and into gear to do this stuff. Cause he couldn't just, he, those songs have so many parts and so many dynamics to them. You can't just kind of wing it. You got to learn the goddamn song. And so that's what we had to do. And, and I had to kind of strap him down and, you know, get him to that point. I just thought it was funny how he was just kind of taking, he's like, Oh, brain was so honest about you about that, uh, that moment. So I just thought it, <laughs> But he was so nice, and he loves and, and misses you and appreciates you. So uh, I don't know. I guess thought you might get a kick out of hearing his response to that. Oh yeah, no, because that you know, because I know I talked about that in the last one <clears throat> a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it it was pretty bad that first couple of days. I think he was looking at me and was just going like, "Wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> really? You know, like this is Guns N' Roses, and dude, you're just gonna walk in thinking you can like just you know like like this is an improv." you know, like jazz jam or something, you know, he kind of had that look like, Oh no, this ain't gonna, this ain't gonna fly. So that's why I think, you know, I started to learn the songs and he worked with me and, you know, and I, I, you know, yeah, I mean, that's pretty funny. That's such a good story. I guess I find it still, you know, or maybe things have changed. Just like, I guess going back to tennis, this might be the theme of today's episode, but how much work you do put into your stuff. I mean, you have like the natural talent to do with stuff, to, to, to whether it's like you said uh guitar or if it's a sport but then you still practice at it so i guess i'm still kind of just like wow for gnr he just i don't know I, I i don't know uh if it was just like a, a moment where you just didn't think you needed to or i don't know it's just i guess find it surprising knowing whatever i do know about you i know i don't know too much but you, you always see yeah, i think yeah i think i was well yeah i mean like like for Primus, it was, you know, I looked at it more like 
jazz. You know, I approached it like jazz because that was my probably the biggest gig I I I I had. You know, before Guns N' Roses, you know, was like okay, I did you know the eight or nine years with Primus. And what happens with Primus is it's it's kind of like okay, you know, this is this is what um, you know Tim played, but. You know, you can interpret it. I can, I can kind of interpret it the way I would want to do it, or whatever. So, when I was learning the songs, it was more just song forms. You know, I would just go, oh, eight bars is this part, sixteen bars is this part, four bars here. Oh, there's a little tag here of two bars, and I would, you know, listen to what Tim played, but I never wrote out the beat and never did, you know, the intricacies of it because I think with Primus maybe even the fans, I don't know. I mean, it's probably, you know, I mean, some fans hated my style and hated my playing and some fans loved it. But I think that that was kind of a given in Primus, if that makes sense. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, they got this guy now and they're still playing Tommy the Cat, but this is the way he plays it and does it. And he changes the kick drum pattern a little bit. And, um, you know, I'll go to the ride at a certain section, but, um, you know, I'll do accents a different way. But with guns, it was like, wait a second, you know, these were, you know, Appetite was like a, you know, the biggest album of that time, I guess, or whatever. So it was like, wait, no, this is the way you, you have to play it. Does that make, you know what I mean? It was like. There was no room to be, to do yeah, your style. No, you, I couldn't just put eight bars here. So when my first rehearsal with Tommy, you know, like I think I said it before, you know, I came in with like a Primus kit. You know, I came in with this drum kit. My drum tech brought in like three toms up front, two floor toms, uh, two snare drums, I think, some splash cymbals and shit, you know. And I was like, wait, I get, you know, and I had some of the forms I knew and had written out, you know, like, or something maybe, you know, I don't, I don't quite remember, but I kind of was like, I kind of know how the song goes. But I think Tommy was just like, you're not, you know, this isn't, that's not right. Or this isn't work. You know, the sound is weird or whatever. So like literally after when we, when I went back for a couple of days and started learning the songs and woodshed it and then came back, my drum tech brought the more bottom kit. You know, it was like a 20, I think I even tried a 26 inch bass drum. I didn't end up using that, but I think we ended up using the 24, but it was like a 24 uh, bass drum. 13 tom, two floor toms, and three cymbals. You know, big crashes. Like, get rid of the splashes. Get rid of all the high... This shit doesn't need this shit. You know, like, so I started to kind of realize, oh, and, and, oh, this is the way he played this part. Oh, I see. It's orchestrated. Oh, I see. Slash is doing this here. This is a build, and the drums are actually following it in this way, in this style, with this sort of swing. You know, it was like that kind of stuff I had to start, I had to do with them. So I, and I had never done that before because before that, I was just mainly in bands that were allowing me to just do, here's the form, but just mm. do your thing. And even with Tom Waits, that's sort of how his stuff was. You know what I mean? He ne When we played every night with Tom, every night I probably played every song totally different. Like if you go back and you watch anything on YouTube, you know, each night it was like a different, a, a diff, you know, I'd play it differently depending on how I was feeling. The tempos were different, uh, you know, because a lot of times 
I just go off of like how I'm feeling. So the songs will be really fast or too slow. Well, with guns, it's like, well, Axel can't sing it if it's this fast or, you know, because it just doesn't make sense. And the fans are expecting it to be a certain way. Hmm. Okay. No, that, that makes complete sense. So, um, what about with with Bucket? Because I gotta imagine it's kind of the same thing when you when you've worked with with Buckethead that you have that room or things are never the same twice. Because it's so hard to. I mean, you can obviously explain him better than anybody, but just like he's so, it just seems everything seems so meticulous. Yet at the same time, it's so improv. It's just so improvised. It seems like I just after GNR introduced him to me and also to you as well. Like I've never seen another guitarist like him where I'm just like, is he making that up as he goes along? He can't be. It sounds like it was written by like Mozart or something, but it is being translated through, you know, through his alien self. Like, like, so what was it like? It was, was bucket more like Primus or was it more like GNR in preparation or Tom Waits or however you want to compare it? Dude, that's yeah. I mean, dude, that's funny. You're asking that because, um, this last tour I did, it got weird for a second, you know, on the road because, you know, um, I don't know if you've been following Bucket, but the last, what, maybe seven years or something, he's been doing, playing solo. Yeah, I saw him last year, and I'm looking forward to seeing him this year, either in, in New York City or New Jersey. But, yeah, it's just been solo, right? Right. right. It's just been completely solo to take. So... When we decided to do this, you know, run of uh, the West Coast, and I think we did, call, yeah, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and then Seattle, L.A., Sandy, you know, the whole, that, this side of the, um, uh, our, uh, like, for what? I think we did, like, I don't know, like, maybe a month and a half or something. And then, and then we did one-offs all the way to the new year or whatever. Like, I think we started in September or something like that. So we did like about three months here and there, you know, of playing. And it was, we actually kind of, you know, it got weird for a bit because I think Bucket, I was doing it the way of, oh, here's the song. It's just a form and I'm going to play it my way and it's going to be different every night. And it got weird because he was so used to doing it to the tape and no, in the tempo would be exactly the same and his own solo shows mm. that he was having a hard time with it at first because he was going, what are you playing? Like, you know, like that's not the part. And I'd be like, well, I, I didn't learn the part. I just know that this is kind of the feel and this is, but he was so used to it being exactly how his tape was every night. Cause you know, when I looked at his schedule that he has coming up now or whatever, I think someone was saying he was touring. So I was just checking out where he was playing. Cause he was going to do another solo run. It looks like, mm. um, it was like, you know, eight shows in a row, one day off, seven shows in a row, one day off, like that Mike Watt type of shit. And um, I was like, you know, like playing every day. And I guess he just gets so used to it that it was, it was weird. Like we had to kind of find a happy medium of where I was going to play, how I was going to play every night because it started to turn into more like, you know, a set thing that he was used to. I don't know if that's what the fans wanted. I know with GNR, that's what they want. You know, when this bill happens at the beginning of November rain, it's got to happen. 
the right, and it's got to be the same. You can't do some kind of like thirty-second note fill when it's you know. So, right. But with Bucket, he was expecting kind of the well. Hey, it was this fill that was that I hear every night for the last seven years. So yeah, we got, it was weird. It kind of got weird, I have to say. I can I can understand that from I guess I can understand it, and, and I guess, I don't know if you can answer why you think he he does that, but. If you with anything, if you're going to do something uh, repetition, of course that's what you're used to. And especially since it's, it's not like he had another drummer coming in playing it the same way. It, it's literally the same tape, and it's literally the same every single time. And you come in and you add that human element. Of course, there's got to be that adjustment period. But since you know you guys have gone on tour together, you've obviously been in Guns N' Roses together, and you've done a lot, plenty of things. Why do you think he? I don't know. I don't want to say the word prefers because that may imply something. Because I, I don't. Obviously, I don't know him. But why do you think he goes out just with a, a tape? You know, and he, he might have some. Uh, I don't want to call them theatrics because they're so. I always call them '80s horror theatrics. Let's call them that. Uh, why do you think he does that as opposed to maybe taking you out again? Because I don't know about you, Connie, but I'm, I kind of. I don't know. I felt a little disappointed there that that in you not knowing. He's like, I get. Well, you saying that? Oh, I guess he's going out on tour solo this time like I, I don't know i feel like i would want you to know that i don't know i figure i don't I, maybe in my head i'm thinking like buckethead and brain or be, best friends you guys play uh parcheesi yeah. every night or something like that so and, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know we have our we we you know we we call it the dark periods when we don't talk for a while and that's just mainly because he's doing his thing and i'm doing mine you know like you know i told you know like it, it's i don't think i i would want to do eight shows in a row on the East coast, then a day off and nine shows in a row, you know, some, you know what I mean? Like that many shows. And I think it's easier for him. I think he loves to just go out there and play every night and grind it out and just not even have a day off. I think it's kind of like a weird therapy thing for him. You know, okay. he just likes to do it that much or whatever. Cause I think, I think I remember him when we booked the first shows, he had booked our first, shows we had ever done in like 10 years together he booked five in a row like you know like five sh- you know and i go dude i don't think i've played five shows in a row ever primus we grinded it out at the very beginning but once the shows start to get to two hours two and a half hours three hours you know a playing a drummer playing five nights in a row. I mean, you know, I'm not flipping 18, no, that's a lot. you know, or that's whatever. And, and I like to give up my all on every show. So, um, you know, it's just, I just told him it was kind of hard. And he was like, Oh, oh, sorry, man. You know, I, I forgot, you know, yeah, I'm bringing a band. So I think it's mainly that he just gets used to doing it himself. Okay. Kind of just goes out there and does it, you know, it's, I don't really feel like it's anything towards, cause you know, after, the first like four or five shows he started getting what you exactly talked about was, Hey, you know, I'm a human. I'm not going to play it exactly like a metronome perfectly every time. So it is going to waver and my tempo is going to be different because no, nobody wants to go out with the, at the buckethead show and, and watch a band play to a click and stuff. I get it. If he's just playing off tape, you know, of course it's going to be what it is because it doesn't have the human element except for him. But, um, when you bring a band, it's going to waver. And the, and I think the audience wants to see a little improv and a little just, 
you know, whatever happens. See, that's and that's the good shit. You that, know? That's what I want. See, you know, I want to see. I was disappointed last time when. Uh, I think it was when I reached out to you afterwards. That's when you were finished with those dates in Bucket with Bucket, and then he was coming yeah. here by himself. And I would like to yeah, have you seen you play. Be there. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah. I would like to see you play. Because this was my first time seeing Buckethead, uh, and it was phenomenal. Yes, it was BB um, King's Blues Club, which is now closed, a famous club here in New York City. Uh, finally got to see Buckethead. Finally got to go there, and it was very cool. You know, I. I was right up front. It was a wonderful experience, but yeah, the human elements I think would would uh, would add a lot. But you know, if you guys are on different schedules, and I I use sports analogies all the time. I mean, it's like you can't compare a guitarist. I don't know you can say like a guitarist is maybe like a a baseball player and a drummer is like a football player. Not the same schedule. You know what I mean? You know, a fo- yeah. baseball player is going to play almost every day in the week. Football. Maybe twice, maybe twice. If there's a Thursday game, you have more. You need more time to recuperate. So no, that that makes uh, complete sense uh, to me. Uh, Connie, was there anything as far as Tom Waits that he didn't? Because I, I, I'm glad that you sh- uh, shed some more light on that. Because you know you've played with okay. so many different legends. So any other questions uh, regarding Tom or anything that you had for for Brain? Yeah, actually, I have one, which is a pretty old one, referring to something that Axel said. Probably 30 years ago. Okay. <laughs> so, and I think Brain is the man to ask. So, uh, before the Use Your Illusion albums came out, Axel actually said that he has uh, a couple of songs that sound like a cross between Tom Waits and Metallica. And he was probably referring to the November Rain or Strange. And I, uh, having played with both, Tom Waits and Axel. Did you see the, that influence? Hmm. Wow. Uh, I never even thought of that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, a weird one. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah, a man well word. Thought, well that's thought out question. He said. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's a, that's a crazy question because I never thought of that. Because with Tom, you know, as far as the song, as far as songwriting and with you know, with with on and what you're talking about in that era, you know, I wasn't a part of. You know, I kind of just came in. Yeah, because some greats, by the way, you came in, uh, played far less piano, right, on his albums. Yeah, yeah, but but I get the piano thing on. You know, like if you're saying the November Rain and stuff like that. I mean, that's very. You know, I mean, you know, like Tom or you know, Elton John-ish or what, you know, whatever is, whatever you want to say, you know, as far as like the, the uh, piano and then having a band backing, you know, uh, the piano. Yeah. But, you know, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I never thought because on those songs, as far as starting the songwriting, um, you know, I wasn't there, you know, with Tom, it's like he has all the songs written. You're very, very rarely improvising. You're definitely improvising the way, you you play, but you don't, um, you know. The you don't make it up as you go along. You mean? Yeah, you're not you're not in the room writing with Tom ever. Okay. So Tom comes in with his wife Kathleen, and he's like, "Hey, here's a song. This is a concept. This is kind of you know. I kind of want this kind of like '60s rumba thing <laughs> here. Do you have any ideas? You know that you want to come up yeah, with, or or he'll have like you know he'll bring in like an old 
cassette or vinyl of some obscure album and be like, is, you know, I'm looking for this kind of sound, like five, and then you kind of listen, you kind of get into the feel of it and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. You know, I can't really answer that. That's a pretty crazy question. I never even thought of that. It's a, it's a, I like that, though. I like original questions yeah. that, that make you think. So uh, we definitely know we didn't cover that last episode, Brain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I yeah, want. I would have remembered that one for sure. And I just want to read you just a bunch of comments again uh, that I got, Brain, because you know your humility is just one of the your, your best traits. And just I just want to let you know because you're not on social, not able to read them yet. Uh, Doug from Wisconsin says Brain was part of my second favorite era behind the original lineup. I don't think you hold that against them. I think this era they sounded amazing, and a big part of that was what Brain was on the drums. Uh, Jared from Portland said, I've listened to your brain interview five times. It's rad. It's rad. There you go. Um, what's another? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, I do want to mention this one because sometimes you, you mean a lot to people. This is stuff from Dan Ludzka. He wants uh, me to relate to you that a friend of his who passed away in 2016, they saw you back in 2002 at the Chicago show together. Uh, they weren't sure about going, but you were one of the reasons why you, they, you made that night very memorable for them. So I just wanted to, to relate oh, that message. Rad. Yeah, that's, that's definitely is rad. Uh, I, this was like the second request. I, I can only do so much, guys. I can't get you autographs. <laughs> People are like, can you get Brain's autograph? I'm like, A, he's not in studio. B, I, I don't know. I ask for pictures sometimes of many people. Autographs is another thing. But uh, I will relay, because he's a crazy fan, and if you ever get on social media, I'm sure he will find you. I say crazy in a nice way. Uh, Alex Mendoza says, please ask him if you will sign my copy of The Red Hand. Uh, he was recently at, at uh, NAMM, and he got Frank, he got Robin, he has like he even got Duff's signature on the red hand. It's crazy. So in return, though, he says he'll take you to to, to lunch or to Disneyland. Uh, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, man, if you want if you want to hit me up with some of these people just on the side and let me, you know, and I can contact them my, myself. Yeah, you know, I always joke, and you know, or people like you know, at the shows or the gun shows or whatever, you know, like, Hey, you know, cause you know, I don't know if you remember that whole scene in the, um, I think when sting was doing the, um, you know, when he was doing his first solo tour and I think miles Copeland, it's in that sting movie or whatever okay. Ring on the night or something like that. I think it's called, I don't even remember the name, but you know, there were, there, there were, the band was complaining about, um, you know, like not getting paid enough or whatever. And Miles Copeland was just like, well, you know, you're, if, if Sting name is off the marquee, no one shows up. If your name is off the marquee, everybody still shows up. So, hey, this is what you're going to get paid and this is what it's about. So I always used to joke with people like, you know, hey, man, I got my five fans out there that are here, to, you know, and are digging what I'm doing. So I always try to, you know, like, you know, like, reach out to those those people because I think that, you know, like you said, those are the two fans that stick with them. Yeah, and you got yeah, plenty more than five. I some of that shit. I will definitely reach out to them. Right on, right on. Um, I, I will, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that after. So, uh, no, you definitely, yeah, yeah. you definitely have more than five. Uh, I guess uh, this may be <laughs> what you, one of the things that you're working on now. On Twitter, Raindogs70 wants to know, uh, what songs did Brain and Melissa remix for the unreleased Chinese, Chinese uh, Democracy Project? And do you think that you know, you'll be involved in any future projects like that. I don't know if we touched on that last time, but I don't know. Maybe things have developed. I don't, I'm not sure. If you yeah, have... well, you know, we've been we've been we've been kind of just you know 
has a little. Is it still breaking up? Because it sound is it sound okay? Uh, you sound fine. I think that's uh, that's all the way from Greece. I think that's. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I think Connie's eating a gyro. Hey, Connie, you're doing still it. there. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool, <yeah>. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, we definitely even kind of just like, you know, like what we did at the the halftime show that Houston thing. We've right. been getting a lot of a lot of calls to do that again. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been talking to, um, you know, Melissa, cause we work on our composing cause we just had that, uh, you know, that movie that came out bodied or whatever, that Joseph Kahn film that, uh, Eminem produced or whatever. And, um, we did the soundtrack to that. And so we're trying to get more work on the soundtrack side. And then we do want to do some touring this year. Cause I think guns is off for a little bit. Um, doing that halftime stuff so oh wow uh, yeah i'm hoping that we can play the remixes because i think we've done maybe like six or seven i think you know of like you know we just kind of like um well we did them a while back and then you know we still have them and they've been remixed two or three different times and we kind of want to add them into the show but you know we'll see if we're allowed to for one um, you know, I mean, Axel was was kind enough to let us do it at the Houston thing and the L.A. one that we did. But, um, you know, that would be great because we want to incorporate that with some of our original music that we're working on now. And, um, yeah, we're hoping to, like, maybe do a run for, like, a couple months, you know, like maybe some festivals or hopefully some more, like, you know, halftime stuff. I mean, you know, the NBA is getting into the um, – their uh playoff schedule so i'm hoping that we can maybe do a couple playoff games again you know do something like that and then maybe go off and do some festivals and stuff like that so that's awesome that's all awesome but you should do uh nhl you know that's coming up they they're uh, starting to get yeah, yeah. NHL, uh are you yeah all of that sounds great i mean i hopefully you get permission but to, to come up with your own material is it going to be known still as brain and melissa or are you going to was that a working title of the band or uh is there going to be like an actual name or is brain brain and melissa is that just the name of i think it's, i think we're just going to keep brain and melissa and kind of keep it and kind of promote some of our soundtrack stuff also you know kind okay. of like remix that along with like um you know some some um some other you know some of the gun stuff with some original stuff and also almost like a dj type set also you know what i mean like have like two or three different kind of sets we can pull depending on what they are. They should have had like, you instead of Maroon 5. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yeah, that, uh, the ending kind of took me when he, you know, I took off his shirt and showed his tattoos. I was like, that's the death of everything. Right. <laughs> like really? I mean, that's just, it's, I don't know. Well, whatever. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy and I'm sure it's, but you know, I don't know. It just, it took the, it took the fun out of, music for me <laughs> i was like really dude that took the fun out of me. that wasn't rad <laughs> it, just I, seems so, it just seems so fake you know what i mean it's just like look at all the tattoos i got and uh, this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> sorry no i think it's hilarious for some reason i'm like i know he's gonna take his shirt off because that's what he does he did yeah. it when he hosted snl yeah. and i'm like 
I don't know, man, because I've obviously wanted Guns N' Roses to play the halftime show for years, and it's like, come on. I know. <laughs> I, I was I was wondering when they're going to get asked, because that would just kill. They need to do it. I mean, that would be sick. But to have that, and then that's the first time. You, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, it's not the first time, obviously, you've seen a tattoo in a halftime show. But, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, when Iggy Pop takes his shirt off and he looks like a lizard, it's rad. <laughs> but when you're like, you know... When you're just kind of a cheese ball on TV, that I don't know. Sorry, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm I don't sh- want to say anything bad. I, I'm sure he is too. I mean, he did a song with Slash, so he must have some. Uh, some yeah, he's great. Some wonderful qualities. <laughs> uh, one thing I think we, we we did forget last time, and the the show finally leaked. You can only find it now because it'll be hit with copyright by you know copyright. Uh, Nazis out there, but the the House of Blues show, which was actually your first show, it's so funny because I think Tommy said the same thing. You you guys thought the festival was the first show, but I guess House of Blues was the first one. So, and oh, you mean the New Year? Was it the New Year's Eve one? I think. Yeah, that's with with Paul Tobias. Yeah, with Paul. Like Paul didn't Paul play one show with us? I believe that was it. And no, no, he did. He did. Did he do Rock and Rio? I. Don't I mean there? I mean, even though I host a GNR podcast, there are ones who probably know, but I just don't know off the top of my head if he did. Because I all I know is that is the first time I saw what he looked like when I when I watched that House of Blues show. I had that's no, online now. I gotta check that. It's show. I it's not well that show. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll say maybe or maybe not. I will maybe if I have it, I'll send to you legally speaking. I don't know if I have it or not. Whatever, I, I'll send it to you later. Uh, but it's not online. Because again, because right. the copyright things that are happening. Oh, there is. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is, I mean, fans. This is how crazy fans are, and, and a lot of your material too on Chinese. There are fans, and I'll, I'm going to get to this question from one of the uh, this listener, Rick, who has been on a, a show of mine. We called it uh, "Copyright Democracy." That's what we called it. <laughs> and there's a whole subculture. I mean, I'm sure that in other for other bands or movies or things like that, where people buy things of quote-unquote, not the black market, but just sell things that really aren't theirs. So there's a lot of, I guess, unreleased material. People say that they're, they were songs supposed to be on Chinese democracy, like The General or Time or things like that. And there are people who buy these or shows. People are buying them, especially since, Brain, I, I know, again, you're not really online yet, but there has been just a huge wave of taking Guns N' Roses material off YouTube. And it's not just people. These are not people trying to make money off Guns N' Roses. These are like fan videos, and it's just it's out of control. But so people want your material to hear it because we don't know if we'll ever get to hear it. Uh, so that's why the House of Blue show was was big. Somebody paid. I think Rick might have paid a, a few grand for it. A few grand for it, and he was nice. Really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I told him like your your wife doesn't leave you. Uh, good for you. I mean, I think that's that's crazy, but he he shared it with me, and yeah, it was my first time seeing Paul. Uh, seeing Axel introduce all of you was just wow. I really think it should be out there. I mean, what an era for Guns N' Roses. I mean, there might have been bitter feelings at that moment in time, uh, but I'd like to think people are matured now, and it's just I think all fans should see that video. Not just for again for your work, but that time period, just wow. So, uh, Rick wants to know: Do you remember the build up to that House of Blues show? What was it was like? Because Axel had been, 
he hadn't been seen in a while but before that yeah show. well um I want I want to backtrack for a second because sure. we're talking about Tommy and and you just mentioned the song The General and it kind of it's funny because I I have a story because I'm you know this this album that um, I'm making right now with some old friends you know we just decided to kind of you know it, it ended it started as a you know bowling night out type thing where we have where I have a friend that has his rad studio in um, Berkeley and. He was like, you know, hey, Brian, I'm taking off to Mexico or something for a couple months working on this project. You can just have the studio and come in and jam and do stuff. So, you know, I called up uh, my friend Merv, um, who was, you know, part of the Limbo Maniacs and um, with me and stuff like that. And this, this um, and my friend Extract, who's kind of like a DJ, worked on this uh, L. Stu album that Bucket actually played on also, along with like, this DJ Eddie Daff and uh, DJ Disc and uh, and then Bucket was on it and stuff. So it's funny because how the general came about was we were supposed to, you know, this was like building up to that show. We were supposed to, um, or not supposed to, but, you know, everybody was like, hey, if anybody's got songs and shit, you know, you can bring them in. And so... Uh, that song, The General, was a song that, um, you know, we like uh, Extract and Merv and, and I, when we when I wasn't doing gun stuff, would just, you know, like jam in my, my living room type of thing. You know, I had like a Pro Tools setup and we were jamming and we were trying to come up with songs for um, guns. And, um, you know, we had this song called... Um, but we called it the general because we were we were eating general's chicken. Okay. <laughs> but when I turned it in to Axel, he thought it was called the general because I was kind of making fun of Tommy as Tommy was the band, you know, kind of like the MD. He was like the music, you know, band, musical director when we'd have rehearsals. And he thought, like, you know, I was, like, poking fun at Tommy as being, like, you know, like a general, like, you know, like, okay, we're rehearsing at this time and, you know, and that kind of shit. And I was like, no, dude, it was because we ate General's chicken. <laughs> I don't know. If you got it, but yeah, so it's funny because you just said the general and it, it all comes back around because, you know, we were writing all these crazy songs to try to turn in um, – to, you know, and, and these were coming from like, you know, like extract is an old school DJ type, uh, you know, he's a bass player, but he loves old school break beats and, you know, crate digger type of guy. And so the, the shit we were putting together was crazy. You know, we were just, we were just kind of going like, okay, you know, like, well, what samples should we find for Axel? Like, well, he's kind of like Julius Caesar. So we were, like, sampling Julius Caesar, like, looking for albums, that, you know, and old school crazy shit. And I think we sampled, like, Ben-Hur and chopped it up and cut it up. And that became a jam called Seven. I think we called it Seven. Okay. And then, you know, and I remember bringing them to um, – you know, the studio to have, I think Roy Thomas Baker was producing at that point. And, um, you know, and he was, we would be playing the stuff and he'd be in, you know, like one of the songs that actually is called the album that we're making now is called Mars Mechanics. 
And um, one of the songs we have on the album, we put that one on the album. And it was one of the ones that I played for Roy. And, you know, he, he, he was just like, what is this, reggae? You know, we, and I was just like, no, because it was like a Neil Young old school jam that, you know, Merv was just going off on. But the whole thing was just like, you know, I was turning in all these like weirdo songs that were coming, you know, like way far to the left or whatever. And, you know, it was just kind of a crazy story of how, that's one of them was the general, and I think Axel actually sang on the general. I mean, that's just that's too funny because again, years of people just speculating, you know, what songs may be on Chinese democracy, and then now what may come out in a, in a future Guns N' Roses record? Are they going to be reworked tunes? from the Chinese era, or are they going to be new things that maybe Slash and Duff bring in, a combination? So all these names are, have been out there for a while. It's just so cool to find out, you know, a little part of the story uh, that it could be a serious thing, and it's about chicken. I just think that just makes it so Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. We ordered General's Chicken that night, and that's how the song The General came about, so... Pretty good. So, what about the um, the build up to House of Blues? Do you, do you remember that? Because it was like professionally recorded, but it was obviously never released. So, do you? What was the mindset going into that? Did you? I'm assuming that was the plan to release it at some point. You know, to introduce the world. No, I don't. I mean, they they. You know, we. It was it was more. I think at that point, you know, hey, you know, here, here's like, you know six people that have never played together that have all been in awesome bands and done, you know, has a history. Uh, everyone in themselves have, has a history. And now they're all together, kind of like a super group type of vibe. And I don't think, you know, any nobody, I don't think we, anybody was thinking about it. I think we were just thinking like, oh shit, here's a catalog of, you know, these 40 songs we got to learn. And, you know, gotta we gotta kill it. We gotta, you know, like get this shit down. So we're just kind of like in that kind of work mode for like three months. So when that show happened, I remember it just felt like a dream. It was just like shit, now we're on stage and we're playing. I don't you know, it wasn't like we didn't know what to expect ourselves because, you know, that that was it. It was like, you know, usually bands, you know, you get, you know, start by just your friends hanging out, talking shit, you know, in high school, you start a band, you start touring, you, you, you develop the sound and who you are, like on the road in a van, stepping on each other's heads and just, you know, like <laughs> doing crazy shit, you know, and just then it becomes a sound and then that sound, you know, you develop that and then blah, blah, blah. But with this, it was more like, you know, when, when I got done, I remember just going, shit, did we pull it off? What, what do people think? Like, what happened? Because it was like, here's like the biggest band that was the biggest band in the world. Here we are, do, you know, we're, we're coming out. And I don't know even know what we thought we were supposed to expect, if that makes sense. You know, because it wasn't like choreographed either. Like, you're just, you know, you're playing for like Janet Jackson. <laughs> sure. You know, like here, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I do. You know, playing the songs and people are expecting, 
just, you know, it was like, well, they want to hear a band. I mean, you're replacing some of the stuff in Slash. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a second. So, you know, I don't know what the audience was think, thought, but the way I was feeling was just like, whoa, what the... I remember getting done, you know, finishing the show and walking, going back into the elevator and going up and just being like, wait, did we just play? Like, it felt like it was just like a dream. I don't think you, I mean, you couldn't have explained it any better to me. I don't know about you, Connie, but I, when I watched it, that was awesome. (laughs) I I felt like I was watching a dream because it was a lost era of Guns N' Roses. And just to see, Again, how professionally it done it was, and how good it was. Because I know for a little while, I think it was a uh, you know I don't really consider the the new GNR what whatever you want to phrase it controversial anymore. Because Chinese democracy, I but th- for the most part, people even people who try to hate it, they're like, oh well, it was still pretty good. Like it's a good record, it's a great record, and it's just so funny because it could be it could have been such an easy target because Axel was such a target, but he, he's continually proved people wrong, and that video is just another example of him proving people wrong that he got the right players and just to see, you know, your look and then Buckethead and Robin Fink being an alien and then Paul looking just like a regular guy and then you know there's a lost version of Axel I don't remember seeing. It, it's just really special and all the players on that record and that era just deserve, you know, this is why you have fans, Brain. I mean, in addition to everything else you've done, but in, you know, you brought in more fans uh, through GNR because of the contributions. You can say, yeah, oh, you're replacing with so-and-so, but I, I don't know how you all pulled it off. I mean, in, in my view, you guys were, it, it just worked. Uh, to me, it was like being um, a sports fan, a Yankee fan. I love the Yankees that I grew up with, remembering those players. But I, I still love the Yankees now. It's all about the jersey. It's all about the players. I mean, all about the team. Yeah. That, that's cool. I appreciate you, know you sharing crazy? that that experience. Yeah. You know what's crazy that I wanted to add to that really quick was that since that was the first show and that's what it felt like, it was just like, I think everybody was just like, whoa, what the fuck happened? Um and then, you know, then we, we, I think then we did Rock and Reel. And right. It was at a point that also felt like a dream. I think everybody would probably say the same thing. Um, it wasn't until I think, and I might have mentioned this before, I mean, Kai would ha- have to tell me if I had mentioned this before, but um, it wasn't until after the Madison's, I think at Madison Square Garden, that show, I think that's where it felt like, Whoa! I feel like this is a band for you know, like Bucket let. Uh, I mean, um, Axel let Bucket and I. We were like kind of doing our own thing. Like at one point, you know, we would start. We started like doing a little improv in the middle, and that was expanding, and everything was happening. And then that was the unfortunate, you know, thing that happened. Where the next day we were in Philly at the Spectrum, and um, you know, that's when um, they canceled the whole tour. And it was, it was, I think everybody, cause that, but, but at that point, I remember even talking to Bucket and everybody, buddy and Mother Goose, and we were all just kind of hanging out and we were kind of like, shit, I, that kind of, you know, it's working. Like, you know, this is kind of cool. Like that was a cool show we just played and it felt like it was becoming a band and it, you know, and it was just sad to me at that point because I was like, oh, we never got to really take off. And then from there, that's after Bucket left. 
then, you know, it became something else. And then, it, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like, I think for any real band to gel and become something, you really got to get out on the road, play a bunch of shows, grind it out, start, you know, really feeling each other, you know, and how they play and, and how it works, you know, but it, but, um, what reason but were you given? Cause I was, I was at, that was my first show, that MSG show. And that's why right. I, I became a fan of bucket forever and brain forever. And, and, and that, that part, I mean, that was my, I didn't know if I would ever see Axl Rose live. Never thought of course I would ever see Axl and Slash on stage together, but that MSG show will forever hold a place in my heart. Um, and then just to see it, I mean, at the time, I was like, wow, I may have seen the last Guns N' Roses show ever because everything got, you know, ended. But uh, it, it's... It, how it, wrong it, were you? Yeah. Uh, so how, like, what, how was it relayed to the band? Like, was, it, was there a certain explanation? Like, you know, what you can talk about, what you're comfortable with? Um, I think, it, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was confusing to everybody because we all thought everything was cool. And I think that it was Clear Channel's decision. That's what I was told, that they were just like, oh, we're having problems with some of the scheduling or something like that. And of upcoming shows, and we booked too many. And, you know, I don't, I think Axel wasn't happy with that or something. And then, you know, some, something happened between them and they pulled the plug. I think, you know, I don't think it was anybody in the band. I mean, oh. I don't know what everybody else was told, but. You know, to me, I heard what they told me is Clear Channel is pulling the plug and everybody's going home tomorrow. And hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. That's interesting. But um, I feel like that's a different narrative than what's been out there because you know what the um, what's been said about Axel. I mean, now it's the, the narrative has changed because he's early, if anything, on time. But you know, <laughs> how long is this going to last? How long until they cancel? And people always blame it on on him and it, this yeah, seems to be another case where it wasn't yeah. him yeah i mean i think that's where you know i mean like i said every time i do an interview he's always been cool to me and i always see it as you know like yeah of course point the finger to axel because you know i mean without axel there's nothing so you know obviously he's the easy one to say if something fucks up you know but there's so many things going on. I mean, it was such mm -hmm. a big production. You know what I mean? That, But what they told me was they were just like, hey, Clear Channel's pulling the plug. So Interesting. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Well, I guess that's it. You mentioned uh, also Mother Goose. Uh, uh, another listener from of ours, uh, Jan from Germany, wants to know if you still talk to Chris Pittman, because I know he had an unceremonious exit, but uh, do you guys still uh, keep in touch? You know, I haven't talked to him in a while. I haven't talked to him since I think around that incident happened. And, um, you know, I want to reach out. I mean, he, you know, like that was part of the fun. I mean, Goose is, you know, became one of my be uh, best friends in that, that whole time during that time. And, you know, it the one of the buses was Bucket, Goose and me. That was like three people on the bus and that was our road show going down you know following the other buses and stuff and we you know fly on that wall <laughs> yeah you know we had a we had a great time so you know i mean actually you know even talking about it now you know i think yeah i'll probably reach out to him actually you know like 
over the weekend or something. I really do want to talk to him. We just kind of, you know, everybody kind of just starts doing their own thing and starts going. I mean, I hope there's no animosity or whatever because of, you know, actually who took over. But, you know, um, I think that we should be cool. I hope so. But I'm going to reach out. Cool. Well, um, I, I will say this because I've said to other guests of mine, I think the the cool thing that I'm able to do with the podcast, for example, I interviewed Roberta Freeman, and then when I had her on again, she was my co-host, and we interviewed Teddy Zigzag. So I could say right. to you, if you know, if everything's cool with Chris and you want to play co-host for the day and add another, you know, uh, title to your long list of accomplishments and and. In, in your resume, if you want to add a radio show host to it, you could be my co-host <laughs> and we can interview Mother Goose together. Just a thought. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. I don't know if anybody wants to hear Rad that many more times. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> and, I mean, it's either that or, I mean, you know, obviously this is uh, this is up there with the impossibility of, of interviewing uh, Axel. But then again, this show wouldn't be as fu- as much fun to do if all these people were uh, super accessible. Uh, but Buckethead, I mean, I, I interviewed, I mean, I listened to his interview with his therapist, which I thought was really cool because I go to therapy and I'm big into mental health. I tried to reach out. I did reach out to his therapist to see if I can interview them. Not to get anything like personal, but just to talk about the... I don't know, like what I do, talk about depression, mental health, uh, how that revolves in and out of the rock world. You know, nothing specific on Bucket. Uh, you're, again, the, the closest thing that I got to uh, to Mr. I almost called him Mr. Head. I think that's too weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just any, any I, I doubt that you can get Buckethead on the show, but if in, in the future, because I want you to come back uh, whenever you want, because you're, you are rad, man. Uh <laughs> And to keep us, because I know I don't want to keep you here forever. Because I know we've been talking for an hour, and you know that's what's so funny. You're like I, we, I spoke for so long. You just said it. Who wants to keep hearing Rad? I mean, uh, Connie, you're probably the same way. I'm just sitting here like, wow, wow, wow. Like really, <laughs> exactly <Wow."> the same. <laughs> Speechless. Yeah, because <laughs> the word. And not all guests are like that. You know, I've enjoyed every single one of my guests for the most part. I mean, some have. I just don't want to cut them off when they're in a long story, but it, it doesn't have me. Like you got me, where I'm just really entrenched into what you're saying. So, Condi, if you have any other questions, but I want to talk about, you know, Brain's new stuff. But, uh, Condi, if you have any questions, I guess we should uh, get to that uh, first. Uh, just a small one. Uh, Tom Gwitz, again. Uh, you were in the Bone Machine album, and uh, Keith Richards was there. Did you get to jam with him? No, man, I wish. I mean, you know, like I said, like those, those two, yeah, those two together. Yeah, that would have been great. No, they were, I think he did that on a separate time just with Keith. I'm not even sure if Keith came to the studio we were working in, you know, I wasn't even sure because with Tom, I think when we did Bone Machine, like, um, is that the one with Big in Japan on it? No, I think that's a Mule Variations. Mule Variations. Okay. So Bone and Bone Machine was first. Was that before Neil Variations? Yeah, yeah, the, the first one. Yeah, it was, right? You're in. That album yeah. came before, yeah. So, right, so, yeah, because the one we did with Primus, I remember what studio we were, I think both were recorded in the same studio. Only Real Gone was the one where we went to that uh, old church, I think. So, yeah, no, I wasn't there, man, but that's, I mean, I wish that would have been a dream come true, you know. For I mean, anyone, right? Those two together, I mean, you know, I, I watched that Keith Richards documentary, and, you know, I saw Tom in there doing a song with him, and I was like, oh, man, you know, with Steve Jordan, and, oh, God, it was so cool. 
I wish yeah. I could, uh, you know, because Steve Jordan's one of my heroes. So, man, that would have been sick. Hmm. Yeah, well, you cool. never know. Keith is still with us, so you just never know. He, he may he's like a cockroach, right? That's the only thing that survives <laughs> in a nuclear holocaust. It Keith is uh, Keith Richards and a cockroach or cockroaches. That was my terrible joke. <laughs> Uh, so let us know. Right. I mean, because t- you, you gave us, um, I guess, a look into the future. What may happen with Melissa? Hopefully, you'll get some. You'll you'll get the approval to play GNR remixes, but at least you'll be working on or continue to work on new material and hopefully a tour, which would be amazing. I hope you make it out to the East Coast. Uh, hopefully, you make it out to Greece as well. Don't want to forget you, Connie. Yeah. <laughs> but that might be more more planning involved in that one. Uh, so what else do you have going on? We we want to know. We want to know how to keep track and, and, and just watch what Brain has coming out in the future. Yeah, like I said, I was working. I kind of got into it, um, you know, with uh, uh, earlier because of the story, because it kind of related, um, you know, because uh, uh, um, with this Mars mechanic thing that I'm doing with uh, uh, Merv and Extract, and uh, Eddie Def is on it. And, um, you know, it, it came from the L Stu era with, with when Bucket was in it. But, and that was a, you know, a while back when we were, um, I think, uh, I don't even remember the record label we were on. But this was like, I think, even pre Primus. But yeah, you know, we're just putting out this album, you know, and it's funny, like I said, because the actual title song, Mars Mechanics, was one of the songs I turned in an outtake from. Uh, the, some of the songs we were writing for GNR because, you know, it's like oh. at that point, I've always been kind of a collaborator. You know, I like to like get together, you know, so when they, you know, I'm not just like sit around and yeah, of course I make, make some of my own music and do some of my own shit, but mainly, you know, I like collaborating with people. So, you know, it was like, that's why like this Melissa thing, you know, it's like, I think we work well together. So, um, you know, I'm doing that thing with her. And then for this project, I thought, oh, man, you know, Extract and I have been talking about doing something for a long time. We thought, hey, let's bring in Merv. And, hey, remember we were writing back in the day, so we've been digging up all our old, like, discs and stuff. You know, like, I mean, literally, like, floppy discs and shit. <laughs> stuff we had in, like, you know, like, old, like, weird Macs and weird computer stuff and plugging them in and listening to the cool, you know, some of the stuff. And all this GNR stuff came up that that I was submitting. And so we, you know, and, you know, so we've just been revamping some of those, you know, some were just so out that I just, you know, it's ridiculous. I'm just like, I can't even believe I turned this in to Roy or whoever was listening. I don't know, maybe even Axel heard of it. I mean, you'll hear some of them on the album. Cool. And they're crazy. Like one is called Cozy, I think, because of uh, Pete Cozy. He was the guitar player. I think he passed away, but he was with Miles Davis in the 70s. And uh, he was always one of my uh, favorite guitar players. Um, Yeah, if you don't know, you should listen to that era, like the Dark Magus and... um, get up with it era of that i think cozy's on some of those albums and um i mean it was just i i can't even if i turn that in it, it, it's ridiculous <laughs> and if they ever check it out you know online and click on cozy they would go yeah brain's fucked up i wouldn't have turned that in either it's, it's not even cool 
Really. Well, I'm looking forward but, uh, to, to you know, hearing what it... It's all weirdo Yeah, it's all the weirdo shit. I, this might not even be right for GNR fans, but it's all the weirdo shit. Hey, I mean, again, I love Buckethead, and he's the weirdo <laughs> shit. I mean, it's just... I, we appreciate yeah. him. Primus, I love Primus. Primus is weirdo shit. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, you might, you know, we wanted to get Bucket on this, but it just never, we never could connect, and okay. it never happened because he was a part of it, you know, before too. But you know, we got Merv on it, so that that's cool. What do you think? Pretty much what I'm working on besides tennis. And well, when do you think we can we can expect that that uh, that record? Uh, the Mars, that's ready to go. We're just trying to see if someone wants to put it out. If not, we're going to probably just put it out ourselves. So I'm thinking okay. it's like the next mo- month. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have, it out to a, we have it out Ooh. to a couple labels, and they're checking it out and um, seeing if we can work something out. Not that we're going to get any money, but it'd be cool to just have it out on something. So Right on. Uh, and if not, we'll put it out ourselves. So Awesome. Looking forward to, to that, well, however it comes out. And then, yeah, the, the tennis thing. I mean, are you looking, like, is this going to be a, a career change for you? <laughs> or is this just, you know, you're, you're challenging yourself. Like, you like playing tennis, but you know what? I want to see how far I could take this. You know, is this like a uh, yeah. a Tim Tebow trying uh, leaving football, trying baseball? Like, what, what do you, what do you, or is this, what's a, what's a better analogy of a, of like, of like one person jumping from one, I don't know, like Master P trying to play basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably about it's it's probably on that level or or worse. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, for one, yeah, I'm just in, enjoying it right now. But I mean, I would love to compete. Like I had, like I said, my first tournament was last night. You know, doing a USTA um, tournament, and you know, it was awesome. I mean, it was like I want to do more. And and this team I'm on it, uh, has been doing really well. And, um, you know, they might go to like districts and then they've been from there, they go to, I think, um, you know, the regionals and stuff like that. So I'd like to see how far I can take it. But like I said, my goal is I want to, I'm taking crazy lessons and I'm like doing it like five days a week. I mean, I would love to like be able to, um, you know, like challenge Lars to a match or something. I mean, that would be my (laughs) ultimate goal. I mean, I've only met him a couple times, but you know, I, I, but his dad was like, I think his dad was a pro. You know, I mean, I think his dad like played yeah, one was. Think, he was a professional yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, and I heard Lars is good too. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. That might just be way out. But. I don't know. I yeah, but think... he went the other way. He quit uh, tennis to take up drums. Oh, that's what Lars right. did. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. Exactly the opposite. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know that. Interesting. I, I guess that's a good career move. I can't imagine him being more <laughs> yeah. famous and wealthy. <laughs> Worked out for him, I guess. <laughs> so let's yeah, let's uh, let's let's keep practicing. Obviously, you're you're on the right path, uh, and and maybe you know it'll be uh, Lars versus Brain in the halftime, or I don't, what do they call it in tennis? Just like mid match, it'll be uh, Brain and Melissa. So you'll you'll do the halftime. <laughs> Yeah, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it'll be a whole it'll be a whole thing for you no that, that's that's completely awesome brain i mean this is all good i know you said uh you know you were gracious enough to come back on but you're like oh i actually have things to talk about now well we you always have things to talk about but the fact that we got to look forward to the things from you for with melissa uh with merv uh, you know, tennis even is just is super cool, and then hopefully social media because obviously you have a lot more than five fans. So uh, hopefully we see you on Twitter or 
get Instagram. Instagram seems to be what all the cool kids are doing now. Um, and and hopefully this will be the start of uh, rekindling your friendship with uh, with Mother Goose. Hopefully the, something comes from yeah, that man. as well. I, 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 I hopefully it will, man. I miss I, I miss him. Right on. Well, uh, Tommy misses you, so uh, he definitely, as I played earlier, he got a kick. I miss Tommy also, yeah. Right on. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll have like a whole uh, Chinese reunion here on the AFD show. Maybe we'll pull that off one day. <laughs> I don't know if I can ha- make that happen. Uh, Connie, anything else before we let uh, Brain continue his day? No, it, just to say it's been an honor, dude. Oh, thanks, Connie. I mean, thanks, thanks, you know, thanks so much. No, thank you, yeah. man. So, uh, Brain, I, again, it's just really appreciated. Obviously, you're always welcome on. One more sound effect for you. You are a... I call my, that's why I call my listeners here and call them bad apples. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. That's why I, I like you, Brain. I'm a weirdo as well. Wait, have you even, has Melissa done this? She has not. I mean, I, I was just talking to her yesterday when I said I was doing this and I was like, hey, have you done it yet? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, you should, you know, I mean, it's, it's rad. And, you know, here, I sent her the link. <laughs> What? I'm not going to start using rad, dude. Now you're making me <laughs> <laughs> fucking mojo. That's what I said to Connie before. I, I, yeah, man. It's, it's a sick podcast. And, uh, um, you know, like you should check it. So she said, yeah, get, get, uh, give him my um, email. I yeah. appreciate that, that you did that. So, yeah, no, please uh, send me her email. I would love to. You know, Believe that's... me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have recommended you if I didn't think it was, you know, like uh, worth doing. And it was, you know. Like how cool how cool you were and thank you and kind too and um um you know so yeah I mean I I, I was telling her yeah you know it's ra- it's it's <laughs> you know I was about to say rad it me up I I said to hey, Connie I before I think I messed up now I got to go see a therapist over rad I said I was like Connie I was like he's gonna be self conscious I know it now. <laughs> I, I yeah, love it. Um, yeah, I was like thinking too much. But um, <laughs> all right, well, cool. I mean, I'll definitely hit her up. She's a perfect person. You, you know, you, you'll see. It'll, it'll, it'll be. We cool. can just talk about candy the entire time. You know what I mean? Right. That's it, her vibe. Yeah, exactly. I just think <laughs> you guys would. I just know you and the questions you're gonna ask and the way she is. That uh, you're gonna love it, and you're gonna, you know. Well, even she'll know. She'll she'll tell you she can't talk about something. Sure. But, you know, I would. Ask some crazy shit. Why not? <laughs> well, even if it works, even if it doesn't work out, Brain, I, I appreciate you just even doing that and saying that. So, uh, you know, the the effort and the thought is, uh, means a lot. So, so thank you. That's rad. <laughs> you got now. Here's what you do. You got to make the uh, Brain rad T-shirts before social media. <laughs> you got to sell those I know. on, on your just, website. Dude, it's just- it just comes out now. Now I'm thinking about it. I gotta. I'm gonna. I might have to flip it. Just I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. We'll think of another word. Tubular. Say yeah. tubular. Say tubular more. <laughs> Groovy. Oh, uh, well, brain. Thank you so much for your time. You yeah, were man. just totally awesome. And I, I hope to just you know one day you you come out here to the East Coast, whether it's with Melissa or or how, however it is. I would love to meet you and just you know shake your hand and just make it awkward. Yeah. We well we and. And Connie, we've been getting some weird offers playing some crazy places. So we might be we might be hitting really? sooner than I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've been getting some oh, offers. That would be cool, us. man. Right on. Yeah, uh, but let's talk more to about that. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I look forward to it all, cool. Brian. Thank you so much. And you right enjoy- on, man. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest Thanks, of your day. Man. Bye, bye. Bye. All right. Enjoy Later. your day, man. Yeah, you too, dude. Bye. So what did you you think? I mean, he was 
he was so he was cool. rad. <laughs> <laughs> it's rad. I mean, what else could you say? And I, so, it's so funny. I knew it. I'm like, I know I'm gonna make this guy self conscious about it. And it's, yeah. so, I, I love it. I mean, she didn't a, break his record though. <laughs> <laughs> he just such a nice guy, and and I can see why you and other listeners have. Uh, checked out that interview more than once. Uh, the only reason I guess I haven't, because I just want to listen to my own voice, but that's my own problem. But he's just you know a what? cool guy and a we great storyteller. We could tell him to start his own podcast. It, it could be. It, so it, we could listen to him all the time. I, th I was thinking about that, you know, but it, he's got to get on social media first. I was thinking yeah. about that because he's Baby steps. very personable, uh, tells great stories, doesn't really hold anything back in a way that it's, yeah, you know, even talking about uh, Adam Levine, just saying it in a funny way, nothing vicious. Uh, yeah, but it's just so cool, and I'm glad that you got to be a part of it, Connie. You know, um, <laughs> the pleasure was all mine, man. Did you enjoy uh, your experience? Yeah, as yeah, yeah. Of course. Awesome. Maybe we can do it again sometime. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, so yeah, yeah as I mentioned uh, to Brain and. You know, many of you have reached, uh, done this for me in past episodes, and that's get me a guest. I want this to be a collaborative effort. Like, Brain likes to do things in a collaborative way. So do I. So yeah. uh, hopefully in the future, I, I don't even, what is the name of the conductor for November Rain? I couldn't find it online. I don't remember right now, but, um, you know, his daughter is a musician as well, and she's working with my friend on the same boat. They're, uh, work, they're musicians on a boat, on a cruise ship. Oh, Okay. So uh, he said that he's reaching out and he's interested. Oh, wow. Awesome. So uh, it'll come to fruition when it's, it's meant to be. So look for that. Yeah, yeah. A future episode of uh, the AFD show with Connie as co-host. So thank you so much. I mean, it's awesome. Why not? Uh, I mean, that was great. Again, uh, it's been so long because we've been talking to Brain for, you know, well over an hour. But just the fact that. You know, listeners on the show from Greece and just so many other countries and, of course, states all, all across the U.S. is just really awesome because, yeah, it's we all love Guns N' Roses, but to talk on an English-speaking podcast, and I know it's difficult for you, Connie, and I know Remco has said it from the, from our friend from the Netherlands, you know, yeah. you might be self-conscious about what your, your English is fine. You speak English better than I can speak Greek, of course, or I can even speak English. Uh, you you know, don't know I, how my Greek are. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, I mean, because I, I tried Spanish in high school, I tried French in college, and it's just, you know, I admire those of you who are, it's not your first language, who come on the show and do an interview. It's it's difficult. It's difficult enough to do an interview in whatever language, you know, but to do yeah. it where it's not your natural language. So no, you you asked him, you you stumped him with the Tom Waits questions, you know, uh, you 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 contributed a lot. So I really appreciate you know, <laughs> your, your time you. today. And I know I it's, had a few more. <laughs> well, well next I didn't want to get all about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Well, it's not, he sounds like he's going to come on again, so plenty more opportunities to ask brain questions. But okay. uh, cool. I know it's late for you in, in Greece with the time difference. And also uh, yeah. here in uh, New York City, uh, as I like to keep things again in real time as we're recording this on uh, Thursday the 14th, it is the iHeartRadio Music Festival going on right now on the radio. So as we're, it's not here in New York where it's being broadcast somewhere else, uh, but we're doing the radio, let me explain that the TV broadcast is going out tonight, but we're doing the radio broadcast here from studio. So people are going to be here all day. 
The reason I'm telling you all this Ooh. is because they ordered pizza. So there's pizza oh. waiting for me. So I love you, Connie, and I love yes, doing this but episode. Pizza is a priority. I gotta get pizza. It's rad. It is rad. So, uh, Connie, thank you so much. Of course. Okay. Uh, bon appetit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much uh, to Brain. That concludes episode 110 of Appetite for Distortion. Again, however you listen to us, really appreciated. Uh, iHeartRadio uh, app, which is, I believe, just all of North America and Mexico, but you can hear us worldwide on Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, the first 70 episodes are up on YouTube. We'll keep building that with RazQ. RazQ is also going to be a future guest again. Probably going to get him and Doug Goldstein on an episode together. They both said they want to do an episode together. That's kind of weird. They have two different managers from different generations of GNR be in the same episode. Could be interesting. Hmm, we'll see what happens. Uh, also on the way, um, I got somebody from uh, from Tesla, Brian Wheat. Uh, that should be uh, on the way as well. Uh, Susan Mahomes McKagan. I confirmed her, so that's going to be happening next month. And just a lot of other shows on the way, ones I don't expect. You know, I just contacted Brian a few days ago, and here we are again, Brian episode uh, number two. So... Thanks, everybody. Uh, I will see you, well, I don't know, but in the words of Axel Rhodes concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if as soon as the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.